Hello and welcome to the June 7th edition of Angora Poets World Cafe, where we are a collection of poets and spoken word people and performance artists from, from the four corners of our planet. So we welcome people with different styles and different oranges, origins, and also we encourage people to read in a language other than English because that we were founded to be a world cafe and we pride ourselves in having the sensitivity and awareness to listen to people who read in a language other than English. Okay, so that's basically it. We're gonna go two rounds and, um, and my job is to say hello and welcome. And if you're new to this group, you can find us on Angora Poets World Cafe Facebook page. Angora Poets World Cafe, YouTube. And beginning in about 24 hours, you will see the Angora Poets World Cafe website. We are growing online. Okay, so what I would like, welcome everybody. I wanna to welcome to this nice crew where, you know, we have no features because everybody's a featured poet. So what can I do? But we call on a whole bunch of featured poets tonight. And I would like to begin tonight with a woman who's joined us from the Czech Republic, and she happens to be a steward of a group called Poets Unplugged, and her name is Bunny Bahal. Bahal. Hi. Bihal. Hi, Bunny. Bihal. Okay. Hi. Thank so, you. So we're what? Okay, Bunny. Why don't we all mute ourselves and ask Bunny to present her work, please? Well, yeah, you guys don't need to mute yourself because I like the feedback. <laughs> and yeah, when but, everybody but, but muted, then, then you don't get no feedback. That's okay. You'll get feedback. It, it, okay. it, it helps with transmission interference is what it's for. Okay, good. Um, I'm. Let me pull it up here. I'm going to read four poems, always one in Czech and the same one translated into English. Well, it was done the other way around. It was first written in English and then translated into Czech. Very good. We welcome it. So the first poem is called Temnota. So omlova temnota. No, wait, wait, I'm sorry. You have to give us a brief explanation of what the poem is about. Okay, the poem is, do you want me to maybe read the English poem first? Oh, it's your call. Would that be better? Yeah, I think that okay. would be better. Thank you. So the poem is called Darkness. What excuses the darkness of the time specs when two weeks long your voice in your head says coronavirus, you're lethal. In, in slight distress alone I stand, heart filled with people from crying from far away. Everybody see the pain? Somewhere far away are people dying. By Sophia Behal. And the translation, temnota, co omlouvá temnotu časového slotu. Když celé dva týdny hlasy přehrávají, koronavirus, ty jsi smrtící, v lehkém stresu, sama stojím asi třesu, srdce naplněné lidským pláčem, co slyším vzdáleně. Všichni cítíte tu bolest? Někde v dálce umírají lidé. By Sofia Běhalová. In Czech, there's always the overhanged on the name, so. 
And the second one is Wuhan. Wu, is it you? Long ago, ye here, ye there, go low. It drives me nuts, all the stats. 1,000 infections, every hour races. Wuhan, we promise Corona, we never let you win. So I cried a tear. What about next year? Let's pray to the Lord, it's our own world. By Sophia Behal. And the translation in Czech is Wuhan, Wu, Sitoti, Jeto Parlet, Roktam, Roksem, Gdesme. Orozumie Przivadi, Chisa Statistiki, Tisice Nakajeni, Kajdo Hodinu se Pociki Zvishui. Wuhan, Slibujeme Koronie, Vihru, Viru Nedovolime. Sezite Chos Ok. A co bude příští rok? Modleme se k pánu, ať jsme světu dánu. Paj Sofia Bihalova. That was it. Your microphones! <laughs> Learning to see you. Bravo, buddy. Story. Bravo. All right, bravo. <laughs> that, Very I, I nice. must tell you. Lovely, lovely poem. I must... Go ahead, I'm sorry. It was good. Thank you very much. It's it's taken out of my book. Hashtag Whoa. Wuhan. Here it is. That's your this book. Wuhan too. It's out of Wuhan. Out of the white one, yeah. I have a blue oh, one and white one. Okay. Wonderful. And uh, I'd like to say that in Angora Poets, we've had people read in Serbian and Russian and Hungarian and Finn. And this is the first time from Eastern Europe we've heard someone read well, Central Europe, excuse me. We, we've heard someone read in Czech. So brav, kudos for that too. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. It was my pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, to hear my pleasure. Your language, it was really nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very good. So there was uh, somebody else who talked about a, a need to come on early. And was that you, Patricia? I'm leaving in about two hours because I have to do a lot oh. of cooking. Well, do you think you'll have enough time in two hours to read yeah, that Yeah, it's part? okay. Yeah, I can read. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, since I called on you anyway, would you like to read now? Okay, why not? It'll be a pleasure. Okay. Strange fruit. Asphyxiation knows the hangman's knot. Hands pressing down on necks and chests. The taking of knees to crush black breath. A systemic virus, a firestorm, travels north, south east and west, sweet magnolias with blood on leaves and stems, burn alongside flesh in cities, an upside down Bible, an upside down government, an upside down flag at half mast, trees bear strange fruit, never ending harvests rot across the land. Very nice, wonderful. Oh, that's so very nice. Yeah, powerful one, Patricia. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Very appropriate for the present time we're in. Yeah, thank you. And this is what kept me up. This other poem kept me up last night. I returned to it um, due to a bad time in, um, that happened to me in, in 2009. Okay. The Graduate. It's a prose piece. Hope I have enough time. The graduate. 
Mom asked if I could write a poem for my niece, who was graduating from college. For inspiration, I found an 8x10 studio portrait of Mom in her cap and gown. She looked pensive, intelligent, and pretty, her head tilted to the side to please the photographer. The photo captured her in a rare, optimistic moment. My mind drifted, and I wrote about my mother instead. Mom's father left home when she was 10. When her mother said daddy was never coming back, my jubilant mom skips across the street and almost got hit by a car. Luckily, the driver stopped in time. Mom was glad that her mama threw her father out. He cheated on mama and deprived the family of decent housing, amenities, and especially love. Whenever mom disobeyed, her father would either beat her with the strap or make her kneel in the corner, holding her chair above her head. His abuse didn't end after her punishment. Once her father brought home a doll with saucer blue eyes and thick blonde curls. Thinking it was for her, mom's eyes grew as large as the doll's until she learned that it was a gift for a client's daughter. He gave her permission to hold the doll briefly before placing it back in the box. Mom brought home a tiny gray and white cat. Her mama thought that the kitten would be a good mouser and poured milk in the china dish for it to drink. When mom's father came home from his, from his real estate job, he saw the cat and lost his temper. Not even cuteness could soften his hatred for felines. He snatched the animal and threw it out the window. This was probably the real reason why mom never wanted a cat in our apartment. Mom's Ukrainian mother and grandmother were both uneducated. Their mannerisms never left the old country. Both women had broken marriages and their American dream was poverty. Her mama, a single parent raising two daughters, earned a living sweating over a grill on Wall Street and her grandmother, Baba, worked as a maid on the Upper West Side until age and declining health interfered. Mom, being the eldest daughter, went to work after graduation. Her mama and Baba needed to help, needed, sorry, her mama and Baba needed help to pay the rent on Walton Avenue in the Bronx. Her high school diploma guaranteed her opportunities to either stick manila folders into drab olive green files or stand on her feet all day ringing up sundries at a local department store. College was reserved for young ladies from more affluent homes who would marry equally affluent males. Mom was expected to marry and stay at home with the kids. At 25, she had to hurry up to find an eligible bachelor for financial support. She did meet my father and made plans for marriage. She didn't know that her husband-to-be would be afflicted by debt, drinking, gambling, and most of all, bad luck. His pro promotion lived inside a pipe dream. He would bottle up his anger at work and let it loose at home. Family altercations became stories shared between mom and me. The years logged in our regrets. After graduating from college, I strove to be positive in spite of escalating pressure at a toxic job and the odds of not finding love or having children. Most of all, I tried not to be like my mother. This past Tuesday, 
was my birthday. And yesterday, I celebrated my niece's graduation up in Medford, Massachusetts. However, negative events usually occur during my birthday month. Something ominous clouded my return to New York. I had these dreams two nights in a row, the darkened offices and being escorted off the premises. Thank you. Wow, that was deep. Thank you so much. Yes. This happened to me in 2009. It took me a long time to finally fix this up. Patricia, Patricia. Hi. Hi, John. Hi, hi, John. Okay. Did Tufts? Huh? So, okay. Did you graduate from Tufts? Yeah, she did. Hmm. I from Fordham. Okay. So, I want to welcome, uh, well, hello, Karen Scott. Hello. Hi. And so, where, where are you hailing from this evening or this afternoon? Columbus, Ohio. This afternoon, okay. Right, Prince McNally told me about it. Okay, good, good, good. All right, so you will be presenting for us um, on this Zoom. I wanted to say this evening, it is in Paris, you know. Are you gonna present for us this afternoon? I think I'm just here in this week. Okay, well, if you get any ideas, we're willing to listen. How's that? Okay, sounds great. <laughs> might move you to contribute. Okay, good. So, all right. So next, uh, uh, I would like to call up uh, uh, the person we have uh, highlighted this week from last week's uh, Angora Zoom a recording, well, session and recording. And I want to call up the, the Jersey judge. Call up the judge, Bill Strangmeyer. Hello, Bill. Unmute, Bill. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, I call this a, a day at the refectory. The past is invading like the hourglass. Okay, all those joys we loved and spoke of then are gone and faded now before the will of chimpanzees who wished for grit and laughed at motor oil and sand. The lilt of anger feeds their smirks and leads us into mires of smoke blown up our, ass, our asses by their wind. The morning broke like fire into life and just like puzzle pieces from a box, my dreams spilt into flames. I saw then the machine come in in boxes. She did too, the scruffy girl who seemed to think she should be wearing spots of makeup made of dust or dirt or rouge. Assemble the machine, the big one said, and eat the paper, step by step, so no one can repeat each step, undo, repair, or sabotage. I looked in disbelief. He smiled and said, well, if it's hard, the girl can work and eat the paper. Then she's yours to have. He laughed. She glared. I saw fire. I saw the fire damped. I, too, was blank. He laughed again and clapped his hands. He left the room, command stamped on his face. We set to work and choked down paper at each step. The cardboard cage of stiff restraints and plastic manacles burst into dusty trash, dissolved into the air as we both felt emotionless, akin to that machine and devoid of all but husk. But she was there and waking up. I wished to help, I wished the good. I wanted not to play. Outside the office was the day and clerks too roamed the halls. 
We blocked the doors with spindly chairs like, the mo like in the movies, keeping out police and managers and also orders to the soul. What would she do, the fighter girl? What could the will accomplish? What the soul and what the grit? The fog came in and spoke its words, the fog in guinea teas. The girl was set for miracles. I fought against desire to flee. Her brilliance and my fortitude were what I've kept to weave a dream that won't come true. I've been replaced. She's disappeared. Romance was never there. The spark of mind, the flames of will were swallowed down like bits of rules. They rode in on scraps of cardboard cases for the robots built by us against our laws, against the words we spit like flames, doused in the flow of their gospel, their time epistle to us fools. Okay, Mr. Bill, you got a second one. Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, Ariadne in mourning. Dried up and waiting, but not for the damp, waiting for cellophane, waiting for fuzz, waiting for the buzz and the quick but foiled escape. Kind, we might say, right thinking and charitable for those thoughts for the victims, thoughts about victims. Goddess, oh goddess, our grammar is Greek and our words ancient, set in place by beasts with hairy red teeth. Death and rebirth, rebirth into what containers have been left. Predators and prey, intelligent and fey, those of the light and those of the dark, to sing and twitter, to laugh and to bay at the moon. But the president's girlfriend laughs like a hyena. She has no choice. I just, I just wonder As who you might be speaking of. Grace, Grace. I like that a lot. That Grace. was nice. Well, well done. Okay. Well done, Bill. Well done. Great. Thanks. And yeah. do, you, do you have, as we say, three's a charm? Yes. Uh, this bed. Go so fast, go so slow, and choices made in haste or anger do not perceive regret, sometimes admit of no return. The tumble-down houses and slums of desire are sprinkled with scraps in the factory's churn. They churn out stray dogs and lost boys roam the now empty lot seeking food, seeking slavery's bond. A preposterous thought if you never have tried it, seeing everywhere a face, that one special face. Oh, a very conceit, that one special face, and more so and more so as ages pass by. Where lies the duty when lying is done? I admitted no duty in that time now gone. Yearning we grow, yearning for approval, for the approved thing, only to find it a shadow. Once I did not know, and now I know too well, the trickery of my own dear past and the mind in iron cast. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bilius. Bilius. <laughs> yeah, Bilius from the judge. We call Bill the judge. <laughs> You'll understand in quick time when you listen to his indictments. <laughs> he issues some strong shit from the bench. <laughs> okay. So I would let's see now. Let's take it. Let's see what the wind does. We're gonna go across the water here. And we're going to go up to Ireland, into the countryside, into the deep countryside of Ireland. 
and we're going to ask uh, Miss Amy Berry uh, to read. And I want you to all know in advance that there's some strong winds uh, uh, gusting over the island, and it, it can cause some interference. But we're, but Amy's going to give it a try, and we're going to listen. So hi, Amy. Hi, everyone. No. Hi, Amy. Hi, hi, hi. hi. Okay. Hey, Amy. Hey, hi, bonjour, everyone. Okay, my first poem will be is well is based on the current uh, situation anyway so it's called postcard i haven't heard from you except a postcard of power courts gardens violet hydrangea celestine orchid marble statues and urns your scribbles read in a blur in the silence of a spring summer hiatus, some citrine, some pink, screen through their leaves. A shadow reels under magnetized sky, clouds are the color of bones. Somewhere, someone weeps. Yes, thank you. And that was very nice. Can we hear a second one from you, Amy? Yes. Now, this is about a 10-year-old boy in Gaza. A boy's life in Gaza. My life is not supposed to be like this. The air strike lights up the night sky as bright as day. Mother puts my head in her lap. I feel her stroking my hair. Pain rises in waves crashing into me. My eyes am able to focus. My hearing capable only of taking rhythm and cadence. Slowly, worse begin to take on discrete sounds. Then comes meaning and comprehension. Mother tells me I will be safe. When a person dies, the people cry. I can see mother crying. Dream fragments float past my eyes. Yes, thank you. That was deep. Now, the next one will be, yeah, I guess the next one will be something that's inspired by, uh, I'm not sure I've read here before or not, it's in, from a chapbook called uh, Spearing Dreams, it's inspired by um, Leonard Cohen, it's one of my favourite. The sense of her. The smell of apple blossoms wrap my senses, collected around my heart like delicate cobweb designs in the rain, defying heated stairs, shock whispers. I would have created her tight in my arms, in the streets or in a crowded restaurant the way I would have as a young man. I would not have minded that she was married. I would have kissed hard her plum, reddened lips, 
I would make love to her. Has she said she loved me? Classics translated. Make music like an angel. Turn eyes to flame. Made her wonder. Had I been that man as a young man, but I am no longer he. Messy, thank you. Well, thank you very much, Amy. Good. And, and we could hear every word. The wind, the wind must have settled Be, down. In I think the wind, the wind had been very kind to me. <laughs> the, the fates intervened on your behalf, Amy. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. It was lovely. Sorry, can I just interject and say I, I'm not sure how I, I write in comments, but I'm listening to everyone and very impressed with all the great poems as well as well, Amy's. So just well, wanted to say that. I'm not sure where I, where I enter in the comments. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you for, thank thank you. You for mentioning that. And um, have you prepared something to present, Rachel? I have, yeah, I have this uh, piece I wrote and um, it's called No Phone and it's about the stress when one loses one's phone. My hand reaches into my rucksack, rummages around, becoming more frantic in its rummaging. My mind rushes back and forth in a flurry of agitation. Christ, where's my phone? My life dictated by the power of the mini microchip. My whole life stored in this mere receptacle measuring five by three. Photographs, all thousand or so of them. Emails, text messages, iMessages, music. Even YouTube videos on how to find enlightenment. Gurus from India speaking in riddles about the self. I am not this body, not this mind, I am that. My hand still rummages. The girl washes my hair, my head tilted back in the sink. She soothes me with sudsy massages. I wonder, does she wonder? What's she at? What's she rummaging about for? The wise old woman from within says, relax, let it go. Don't you know you left it on the passenger seat of the car? While the mind lets the phone rest in peace, it won't be still. Far too many questions remain. Thank you. All right, thank you. While the mind lets the phone rest in peace. Now that's a good way to turn it around. Wonderful. Uh, Rachel, do you have another one for us? I do actually. This one was published, would you believe it, in the US. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was asked to contribute to an anthology called uh, Static Poetry. And uh, I think Amy also has some poems in that as well. So, yeah, we both have, yeah. So I'll just, uh, this one is called Ghosts. And it, there's no need to really explain it because it should become obvious as I read it what it's about. The ghosts entered my life in parental guise, silently sighing down through the years, each dissatisfied with the other. So much for the unreliability of romance. If a row was not brewing, dissatisfaction was looming.
I looked for an escape route. My eyes flashed on the scooter, a symbol of parental sacrifice, the Santa gift. Really, I should stay and help them to bridge the divide, lessen the gulf of unresolved hearts inflicted one upon the other. But the scooter stood out amidst this tangled knot, beckoning towards freedom. I'm off on the scooter, I declared. I scooted down that hill on Orwell Road, the whiz of the wind rustling through my hair and the wooden board carrying me along the path to freedom. Okay. Lovely. Lovely, <laughs> Rachel. Beautiful. Hi. Thank you. Rachel. Hi. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hi. Hello. I like the part of where the ghost becomes a romance. It's like sometimes you might be there alone and something falls. You might not know where it's coming from, but you might think it might be a ghost. So the poem says it all. It's it's awesome. Thank you very much. Well, I'll tell you what would be awesome. How about can you do Three's a Charm, Rachel? Okay. Well, this is uh, this is one I had published in an anthology in my writing group, which is called Rathmines Writers and close to where I live. And it's called Atoms. And a lot of my poems are kind of um, wondering about it being and non-being and so this one uh reflects on how everything comes from nothing and goes back to nothing but that's not necessarily uh, a negative thing so here we go atoms stretching into infinity the atoms and molecules hide in empty space become textures colors flesh language then form into sentences upon tongues that will one day return to a realm beyond names and descriptions, beyond labels and conditioned minds, and dance the way back to infinity. Thank you. Oh, bravo. Well done, well done, well done Rachel. And, bravo. And uh, thanks for coming, thanks for coming on with Beautiful. Thanks for coming on with us tonight, Rachel. This is your first time, and we're oh, all hi. the better. And we're all the better for it. Yeah. Thank you very much for all being so welcoming, and I'm enjoying listening. As I said, I'm not sure how to write in the comment. I don't know what I do. <laughs> uh, do you mean no Do you mean in the chat? No yeah. Yeah. No in the chat. Yeah. There, there's okay. There's a button at the bottom. It says chat. If you click on it. Uh, it'll open a tiny window and you can write it there if you want. Okay, the, all I see is uh, something that says more. But anyway, don't worry, I don't want to hold things up. But okay. uh, I'll watch and enjoy and I'll okay. give my comment verbally. Okay, thank you. You know, you're right about that because while you're reading, I would not like to be distracted by people's text comments. I would like to only pay attention to you. So uh, you know, it's not, so if we could give our comments between readers, that would be nice, so that we don't divert attention from any one of us who is reading. It'd be all right, you know. Okay, okay. Okay. 
So uh, moving on with that, uh, I would like to ask uh, uh, a Paris writer, a New York to Paris writer, uh, who is a man about town on the poetry scene and certainly with Angora poets. So I'd like to call on Jack Cooper. Hello, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Now. Come on, Jack. Let's get back. There we go. Okay. Yes. Hit the road, Jack. Hi. Hey, Jack. Hey. Hello. 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 So, all right. I'll read something. Um, let's see what. Um, okay. I thought... Um, this. It's called a storm. Storm clouds gather, brew above and below on my brow. Weeks of sunshine come to an end, and I, my rope. Ah, but it's good to smell the rain before it falls. The sound of thunder speaks for a non-existent God. Well, amen to that, Jack. <laughs> All right. All right. So number two, yeah. would you please? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm a bit flummoxed here as to what it would be. I was thinking of this. Uh, since we have, you know, people from the Britannic places, or excuse me, um, UK, or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's called the Eggman <laughs> Hummeth. The milkman came to London then in my delight one of many i uncovered moving there late twenties and first time since childhood i had lifted the lid made of tin a soft metal box thence they lay it the milk in glass bottles bread to fill that would soon contain quart, cream, smaller, pint. Priestly collars about their necks set mass where blessed heads bowed in drink. Like eggs nested beneath magic, these vessels breached a foretold past, cracked to reveal nothing exists or lasts, less longer propitious succeeds lacked suspension unbelieved. Home one time before my mother out all day after school, I sponged them clean as she used, putting them away. Virtue unspoiled 
with my love for her might remain. Rumble, thunder resounds, returned empty. A bowling ball striking pins scores the memory. Scrolled paper toweling, scrawled message bore. We knew who should find and see. A game grown stalk taller than weeds because flowers shed wax petals once sealed at the stem. Tabbed cardboard caps gone to seed. As if the Eggman shared some secret signal, knowledge, proof you only spelled, though everybody had one, didn't they? Goo goo bajoob. Powerful stuff. Are we still there? Okay. All right. Uh, all right. This lot again unrequited. The woman I love turns my heart to stone. Her ebullient curls tender more harm than snakes. Should she tease apparent happiness, know me through her warmth, menace affection, treat me to it tension and inflamed tongue, as she will, she may, as she might, and do tomorrow, as did this very afternoon, rest shoulder minus sleeve on my stopped hand, perched then there, no one thought, felt soft remove, opposed pray prayer, deafen too merciless insolvent entreaty, set flesh to salt before hers. I burned on water like to melt a foundered ship taken by exquisite storm. I never wished to quit that peril. End come must suffer ever. Still preserve else such salvages could I perish of its slight. Okay, all right, all right. Thank you, thank you. Wonderful.
Uh, those poems, love and love, love. Can I say something? I Hi. think you're going to. Can I say something? I think uh, you're going to. Doc <laughs> always has. Doc Doc always has this passionate way of reading out his poems. It's it's a plus always for him. If a woman can turn your heart, wait, into hold on, Benedicta. That is something I like about one wait, of his Benedicta, poems. Wait, Benedicta, I I want to take notes here. Hold on. Say that again. Sorry. Say that again. I want to take notes. I'm saying that you always have. You always have a passionate way of reading out your poems, mm -hmm. and it's a plus. And I like the part where you said a woman can turn your heart into stone. I like that part. It's very nice. Okay. Yes, I like so that as well. well. Yeah. I like the way you expressed that. <clears throat> so we all like the stone, Jack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, great. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> okay. Now, what I'd like to take a moment is to uh, ask. I think Jane's spoken word has disappeared. Am I right? I don't see her, Mo. Do you? Yeah, yes, yeah, she has. She was um, having trouble. Oh, uh, too bad. Too bad. Did she say she's coming back on or did she get disconnected? Uh, no, she said she would see us next week. Okay, good enough. Okay, well, so seeing her network was bad. Okay, now see, um, speaking of seeing us this week, did I just see Rhett Tabile, Rhett Masilio. Hello, Rhett. Are you there? Can you unmute? I, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I'm All having right. trouble with the video, but I'm, I'm in the house. Okay, well, that's good to know. Okay, so we'll be calling you up. And uh, next, I would like to call up another first-timer that's come on that uh, I ran into earlier this week online. And her name is Alicia. Hello, Alicia. Hi. Hi. Would, would you please present for us? Absolutely. But I want to say thank you for everyone sharing. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you. Yes. And I would like you to be followed by Benedicta. So you can prepare after Alicia, Benedicta. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> ah, my poem is called Visiting with Chaos. Spills splatter the walls, counters filled with clutter, multiple piles creating a new geography in the room. There is a relief to cleaning it all away, everything in order, repair and replace. The seduction of a new cycle, sparkle of clean, free from marks of history, what if we could sit with chaos for just a little minute, feel the wind in our ears, hearing her secrets of cleverness, to soak in the learning of this undone space before an opportunity is erased, a past disinfected before she can author her story from which the plot differs from perpetual duplicating. Okay, thank you. Yes, and can, 
Can we hear another one from you, Alicia? Um, yes. This one is called, um, I wrote this in May. Um, this is called What Matters Most. Now I set the matching shoe with its mate, purposeful in their reuniting, instead of nonchalantly tossing it into possible aloneness. Companions that move together like light with gray or salt with pepper passed at the table. Now I replace the broken shovel after proper disposal, the two parts together again in the garbage can. Instead of repairing what isn't strong enough for future leverage. To be ready for the next digging, removal, and refilling. There are always new holes to prepare for. Now I am finally holding your note of thanks, puzzling through misspelled words. I touch the indented sentences where pencil leaned on paper. I am wishing your pencil would have been sharper, noticing how dullness doesn't serve either of us. What opening to the unexpected can bring. Thank you. Thank you. And can you give a can you give us threes a charm? I I, do, I didn't bring anything else, but so thank you for listening. Well, thank you for presenting. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you. Thank you. So now, Thanks, Alicia. So now we'll ride the south wind across the sea and go to Ghana and uh, ask to hear from Benedicta. Hello, Benedicta. Hello, Benedicta. Calling Benedicta. 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 No, it was good. You're there. The Hi, everyone. <laughs> there I hope my sound is clear. Your sound is now clear. Yes. And now we cannot hear you. Mm. Hi. Okay. Hi. 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 Is it clear now? Yes. Yes, because yeah, I had to. Thank you. Okay, so the first one. An exclamation punctuated in whispers and recognition. The misplaced signals of legends and graphical connotations, walls and towers, garrisons and commands, a composure of penetrating stare. That's the first one. Thank you. And number two. And the second one is a monoku. That is, is what? A monoku. And what does that mean? Tell us. That's a. How should I put it? So it's not like a three 
worded form like the heku is just one sentence. It comes in just one sentence. Mono is for one, but the heku is for three. All right, yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. A one line haiku, yeah, yes, very good. Yeah, breathless darts of an unknown past. That's about it. Could you repeat it just once since it's so short? <laughs> Sorry, can you just say it once more? Breathless darts of an unknown past. Oh, lovely. Very good. Lovely. And Thank you. And Benedicta, do you have three's a charm? Yes. The third one. Hold on a, a second. I posted something on Facebook and mm. it was false of remembrance. That's the heading. Flashbacks, retrospective of classical moments. History beacons and pulses, the canyons of memories heralded in footsteps, tiptoes in the days of youthful exuberance, patterns of hope and transformation, an outer cry of the good old days, iron sharpens iron, flirtatious flames in footfalls, falls from a mountainous view, the hallows. Picking up the pieces of remembrance. Thank you. Wow, thank you. All right. Lovely. Well, really Very good. Very <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank well, you for listening. Thank you. Th thank you for presenting. And you know what? And it, it, it's not a bad time to mention we will do a second round, and you are all, all of you, invited to participate in the second round. We'll take a brief break after we go through the lineup of who's presently on screen. Okay, so next I would like to call Mr. Ron Bremer. Hello, Ron. Hello there. Hello, Ron. Uh, Hi, Ron. Yeah, I've been reading uh, COVID-19 poems in a lot of Zooms lately, and I'm really sick of reading them. So. <laughs> 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 You're right, Ron. Are, are you getting sick? I don't mind hearing them. I don't mind hearing them, but uh, I don't want to read anymore. Oh, so we're going to go back in the back in times in 2018 to a chapbook that I released then, and read some things from that. Okay. So it the, does the, seem to be the appropriate thing to be with COVID poems. Yes, that's true. But you know, you can get it's been, Get you pretty depressed if you keep reading them. Mm -hmm. um, this is a, a poem concerning the, uh, the final phase of the uh, Civil War in Sri Lanka, and it's about the uh, final battles in a place called Devani, and it's dedicated to the people of Devani. Chambers of a heart have quickly frozen. While worlds outside this copper wall today pick and choose their secrets of the fray for skeletons and corpses randomly chosen. Among the scattered rat droppings we play, such is this war's unfettered decay. And that was that one. 
So you're speaking about the Tamil people? Yes. Yes. Uh, this second poem uh, is one of my specialties is writing poems about music and musicians. And uh, this one is about Laura Nero, and it's called Laura. And it starts with an epigraph by Laura Nero. You can hear the walls roar, see your brains on the floor, become God, become cripple, become funky and split. Why was I born? And the poem goes, scrumptious syllable wench of fractured ice, you burn my soul's cold, cold flames, a killing intensity. I stretch to grab your hands, but like frozen glass, it shatters, cutting my heart and freezing my head. You write so damn good, it shames my damnable prose-like pap. But what did it get you? I want to hug you pull you away from your exercised self, but you've turned to stone, and anyway, you were alien to my flesh. Okay. And uh, Ron, do you have a three's a charm? Yes. Um, uh, this is another music poem. Uh, I was lucky enough to have it uh, uh, featured in um, Jerry Jazz Musician, uh, a jazz magazine. It's called Miles Runs the Voodoo Down and uh, has a few references to Miles Davis. Miles boils his bitches brew in a night of worlds much blacker than black. His demons and angels let out slack for pharaohs dancing into the true. Miles runs the voodoo down and serves it up with a taste of free for those whose spirits would otherwise drown without such wild, mad sanctuary. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes. That's indeed a sanctuary. Yeah, lovely, Ron, well done. Very nice, Ron. Mm -hmm. It's nope. indeed a sanctuary. Jerry, All right. Jerry I have has. a question. Ron, you had uh, members of your family with you uh, two weeks ago, and you had a, you know, the, uh, was that your wife who read? She read wonderfully. She read wonderfully. Is uh, she there this evening or this afternoon where you're at? Uh, she's busily working on her novel, and she says she can't spare any time. Whoa, okay. Well, that's our loss because uh, she's... Like, like so many others on this site, uh, she read some very impressive work. Tell her I said, thank That's you. All. And all the best on her novel. At this moment, I want to sneak in one poem because um, I'm, I'm, I was terribly moved by uh, Amy Berry's reference earlier tonight to uh, the people of Gaza. And having been a, a visitor, a visitor, I was an investigative journalist in Gaza, the West Bank in Israel. So I'm just gonna sneak in one poem. And I, 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 I need to mention that right now on Facebook, any sympathetic or supportive messages to the Palestinians are now censored on Facebook. And so in uh, Palestine and Israel, there is a movement that uh, I think we should know about called Palestinian Lives Matter. And, and they have just done a demonstration today 
uh, the other day in support of George Floyd. So I want to give you a little poem I read, uh, just one here um, that I witnessed uh, when I was there as a journalist and went away with this experience as a poem. And it's called, When Ibrahim Fell. The moment comes, inevitable rendezvous, space over time, infusion, life, death, one face, ghost freed from the bone, from the muscle. You cease to think, nerves detach, race through blood, limbs, joints, even the head, all useless. Only the ears and eyes are open as never before. When Ibrahim fell while tending the olive grove, the pain was quick. The struggle to love, to struggle to live, to struggle to be ceased. A severed root cast at the base of a giving tree. Assassin approached in heavy boots, his gloat over his prey. This frail man made corpse, supine, silent, at peace with the earth. Suddenly, the predator comes to sense failure as he fathoms his own defeat, overcome by his victim's composure, a trace of a smile on the dead man's face, a moment of yours you will never know. That was nice. Bravo. Bravo. Can I say something? Can I say something? Yes. I like the part of an inevitable rendezvous. I'm sorry? In? I like the part of an inevitable rendezvous. Yes, yes. The conclusion is nice. All right. Well done. So powerful, every word was necessary, it's perfectly done. Yes, beautiful. Bravo. Yeah, bravo, Mal. Yes, because uh, one sunny afternoon, this man was tending an olive olive grove uh, in the hills of uh, uh, West Jerusalem, actually. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry, East Jerusalem. And um, this Israeli citizen just came up and shot him dead on the spot. And, uh, oh, no. So similar, to the, similar to the George Floyd situation, the murder, it, it, it just all went off without a hit. The, the assassin left. Ibrahim's yeah. people came and collected him. There you, you know, go. I, there, Oh, okay. yeah. The problem okay. with, with Israel is that they all, you know, if you complain about Israel, you're anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Jews like yeah. me, you know, are for Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, that, that's the way they control the narrative. But here we are. We are human beings. And so uh, okay. let me call the next human being to read some <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I would like to call a wonderful human being <laughs> that has been in Angora Poets in Paris at La Bisto des Artistes. 
and she's back in social circulation. Natty Yi King. Hello, Natty. Oh, hello. <laughs> That's a surprise. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> um, do, do you mind if I go on after the next person? Would that be okay? Why, you know, that would be just fine to tell you the truth, Nanny. Okay. So prepare your stuff. And the next person I'll call on is David Sirwa, uh, um, who is uh, someone who um, actually founded the space that Agora Poets would, would inherit down at the Bistro des Artistes before he moved uh, over back to Maine and Canada on the border. So welcome, David. Welcome, Leo. Thank you so much, Mo. Wow. Uh, I'm amazed by everybody, and um, I'll contribute with some uh, new stuff. Because Jack asked me to write a poem for the uh, or or submit something to the Rainbow Project, and uh, I found uh, an old poem and wrote a new one and put them together uh, for Jack and uh, Rainbow Project. So it's called "I Saw the Letter I in Blue." Part one: Paris Dusk. I saw the letter I in blue that blurs the blocks of sidewalks and coats the skin of buildings in tones found nowhere else except these later skies. Punctuated by lit green signs, their loveliness is just one facet of the pursuit of stillness. Twilight Palette. There is emptiness alive in grasses, green flames. A strong presence contemplates absence. I buried my multiplied mistakes that turned to shame for being strange and mundane. There is stillness in the multifoliate face of curtained windows. Silences awaken clear in the cloud world overhead. Forehead of a deity who desires reality. Only one color here. I lost my name to letters scattered on the sentient street. I saw the letter I in blue. Our two Canadian border blue. I begin each day with a sacred drink, first few drops of the nectar of discipline, chant Sanskrit prayers of praise and petition. We are always in transition. I become aware each word added to the page subtracts one second of my life duration countdown critical to my own disappearance dissolved in death's unknowable dusk twilight's bridge from day to night offers a taste of each shade of turns the wheel of time till the last cobalt hue is mixed with pigments of darkness stillness silence Um, and for a right. thank you, thank you so much. Beautiful reading, David. Beautiful. Yeah, that's so, lovely. Very good. 
Thank you a million bucks. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks. Excellent. Mercy. Mm -hmm. Happiness, um, thank you. Uh, thank you. Wow, wow. I'm <laughs> okay, happy to so love it. Today. Fantastic. <laughs> number uh, two. Yep, thank okay, you. Okay, Leo, number two from. Oh, awesome. Uh, I have a poem about number two also. A joke. <laughs> um, this is called Present in the Presence. I have made my body ready to cradle you, ghost. To provide a platform, skeleton scaffolding, where your voice appears out of emptiness. Silence's crystalline screen, page devoid of fingerprints. Knowing ghost, homeless soul, bright space without frame or name, I invite you to take control of my quavering voice. You are the master, I am your quiet scribe. The time is always now. If you wish, please speak. David, be still. Embrace the spaces, the spaciousness of consciousness. In your mind's fertile field, what do you wish to plant? The seeds you choose to push into soil will multiply a thousandfold. Why continue to plant wrinkled seeds of anxiety whose roots choke the soil of all clear composure? Don't even offer a space for worry to take root in your garden within. Plant the blue pearl of inner divinity in the soil of your silence, presence, intense, instant. Poised at the auspicious moment on the threshold of change, at the center of the circle of now, outside of which our clocks ceaselessly tick. Again and again when twilight and daylight Sorry, again and again when, do, when daylight directly faces you, then darkens her gaze and turns away. Plant the blue pearl in the ground of your mind, the space inside each second, the circle of now immune from time. Spaces are often known by what they hold, cloudy sky, vineyard, spring night whose drizzle sprinkles our skin with persistent chill field of daffodils made famous by a wordsmith what are you made of david what is it you hold don't expect an answer if you arrive at words you took the wrong road Apply the fine lightning of full attention to your time location. The Supreme Self expresses itself in personalities. Play your chosen role to its wildest extent. Dance your motley marionette across the seemingly solid stage of Earth, still 
within the blue pearl. Let inner fireworks freely take birth. Be present in the presence. <laughs> okay. oh, that's that's that. Be present in presence. Bravo, bravo, Leo, bravo. Words to the wise, Leo. Now, do you have a? Do you have? Do you have three's a charm, Leo? Uh, yeah, I have a very brief uh, third funny one. Okay, and, let's, uh, let's let's have some humor. Okay, right. it's it's short. Uh, it's called digging in the dirt. As the totally groovy Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh has taught us, be mindful when you use the bathroom. It's in the miracle of mindfulness. I saw it. I shit you not. <laughs> Anywho, this particular teaching resonates with me on the deepest level. Where I go, no one may follow. I must face my dark side alone. I want this moment to be meaningful. Digging in the dirt. I confess I don't dig having to drop my pants and park my thighs on a cold seat with wicked smelly dirt coming out of my butt. <laughs> Therefore, I require the full support of my inner being, which is consciousness and bliss. In the end, when one practices mindfulness in the bathroom, one is the ageless witness of whether the yucky water flushes away or if the liquid's level begins to rise. Also, through applying mindfulness, I learn to wipe thoroughly and be spotless within me. <laughs> Well, I think it is safe to say that was one hell of a colorful poem. And one tag I put on to a lot of responses is humor now more than ever. I, I want to put an I want to put an anecdote to what you just did, David. Some years ago, I had a good friend, a Cherokee Indian woman, who lived in inner city Philadelphia. And her name was Betty, and she practiced spiritual healing. And uh, when the Dalai Lama came to the United States, uh, four Buddhist monks stayed at her house, okay? So she put out the banners, you know, the triangle banners on the porch, a small inner city row house. And these, these four Buddhist monks stayed with her for three days as they needed to be housed. So she's practicing uh, um, her native spiritual uh, tradition, and they are. And so I said after they left, I said, hey, Betty, how did that go? That must have been so intense. She said, we laughed for three days. We made jokes about food, about farting, about tripping, <laughs> about hems in our skirts. And that's what we did for three days. We laughed. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so great. But she told me. Thanks, All man. right. Wow. So I would like to now invite back on uh, Natty. Hello, Natty E. King. 
Right. Hello. Yeah, I'm 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 ready to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with half a song from uh, Yoko Ono, uh, which I feel is quite appropriate to the topic that has just been mentioned. I'm just gonna find the lyrics uh, so I can read them and sing them at the same time. I think you can probably guess which one I'm talking about. Uh, so this is uh, Who Has Seen the Wind. I'm just gonna read the uh, uh, sing out the first part. Okay. So here we go. Um, who has seen the wind? Neither you nor I. But when the trees fall down their heads, the wind is passing by. Who has seen the wind? Neither you nor I. But when the trees fall down their heads, the wind is passing by. Oh, wind, 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 wind. Okay, so that's the first one. Having problems hitting those high notes there, but I couldn't resist that one. That's one of my favorite yeah. tracks. Good for us. Good for us. <laughs> and you keep mentioning wind, so I thought I would too. There we go. <laughs> so on to the next one. Uh, we're on to cotton now. Cotton's always been a topic, and um, I thought it was relevant to read this with regards to a lot of the protests that have been going on. Looking a little bit about all of the mixtualities of a history of cotton. Um, actually, I was inspired to write this poem when I started listening to the sound of cotton outside one of the uh, open mic nights. I started listening to cotton in my ear and then it, it was kind of like a static buzz and I started imagining this whole story about the history of cotton. So that's where that one comes from, but it doesn't really go into that too much in this poem, but I'll just give it a go. Okay, so this is called um, Cotton Off or Cotton On. Is it cotton on or cotton off? For many years, the wool was pulled over your ancestral eyes and some of mine, disguising them wolf-like. Somewhere inside, there was a lamb. But why this emphasis on cotton anyway? As I take some cotton in between my fingers, scrunching it, I hear a noise. It triggers many thoughts and feelings. Mixed, of course, like me, sounding as it does, like a muffled, indigestible process. Too much information. It could take some time to unpick the screeching microcosmic tales of roots placed, people taken, heads covered or laid bare, threads undone, tasseled tendrils, cursed, torn or ripped, blessed, burnt or offered, lost spirits muttering disgruntled tales, rowing in the breezy mists of memories, bespoke yet filtered, sand-etched. It takes time to surface still yet charted territories, whilst others cotton fill their ears, sleeping well on crisp white Egyptian sheets, now focusing on corn for their new golden fleece. Bah! Is it cotton off or cotton on? Okay. So I feel I have to Maybe. explain that a little bit more at the end there. Now, I was looking at corn as a 
kind of replacement for cotton with regards to trees a little bit and how that's also affecting our health these days as well on many levels corn syrup for okay. one okay well, last one another <laughs> and another another anecdote people what cotton of course uh, was grown in the united states in the south and southern states and it grew the best in mississippi all right the climate was best for cotton in mississippi and do you know that by the start of the civil war mississippi was the fourth largest economy in the world the fourth largest economy yes. in the world for yes. growing cotton with roughly 15 percent of the population dominating 85 percent of the subservient subservient slave population so there's an anecdote about cotton mm -mm. in our history yeah Okay, so Natty, back to you. Okay, well, for the last one, because I've done a little song, I've, I, I've uh, done a bit about cotton. It's covering many, many areas, cotton there. <laughs> uh, thank you, Benedict. I just got a message through. I hope you can lend me a high note for the day. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can get <laughs> You can borrow I'll it now if you like. steal your voice from you. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's been amazing what people have been trying to steal from me this week, so it really wouldn't surprise me. So I'm just going to keep cotton on for now, just in case, because I need to keep some protection on the go here. You have to tell me the <laughs> tips that you are using for that. Um, just, just no milk, just not having milk, I would say, is a good start for, for not having, for being able to hit more notes. Yeah, no milk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, good. Well, okay, last last one, last one. Uh, this is called stock cube syndrome as opposed to Stockholm syndrome. Okay, this is when you've been allowed access to a concentrated dose of something and you don't want to water it down. Beware of dehydration in large doses. Another symptom is mis interpretation okay so that's stock cube syndrome okay right. <laughs> well, well thank you mo <laughs> well thank you stay on board now, please can i say something that's what did you say the syndrome was a uh, stock cube syndrome okay you okay. know when you make a soup and you've got you can buy these cubes um mm -hmm, or you, mm -hmm. and it's a concentrated dose of something Oh, okay. Cube syndrome, like a spice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of like that. I can read it again if you like. It's very short. Or maybe I read it a bit quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, well, maybe, maybe you could come back and read it again in the second round. Sure. No so worries. that I, I, you know, my my job sometimes is to keep it moving, and so I'm going to do that now mm. and invite on a performance artist who uh, from, the, from the North Atlantic back to Ireland again. Uh, I'm gonna invite on someone who is, she mentioned before, Maria Darcy, is uh, her and I are co-hosting a Bloomsday event, and don't tell anybody. And uh, so now we will come on with Maria Darcy. Hello, Maria. Hello, I'm feeling a little bit foolish because everyone is speaking so profoundly and spiritually and poetically and I'm just going to dance so 
but for the people who know me, I think it's okay. But for those who don't know me, you know, I'm interested in the spoken word as well. Okay. And we're interested in dance, so get on with it. Okay. Ready? Yes.
It was very slick. I'm sure Maria has seduced all the men on the YouTube right now, the <laughs> recorded. <laughs> I need more tips from your dance moves. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you wonderful, much. wonderful. <laughs> Mo, Mo, I can't, we can't Hi, Mo. what you're saying. Sorry. Okay, here we go. I was going to say that at uh, the Bistro des Artistes, uh, Agora has presented people who've danced in the past uh, in there. It's the first time we've done it on the Zoom screen. So thanks for breaking us into a Zoom dance. Appreciate it. Yeah, yes. And it worked beautifully. Yes, yes. Okay. So, um, well, the last voice I heard on there was, uh, w yeah, was uh, Rhett. Rhett Basilio. How you doing, Rhett? Can't hear you, Rhett. I was about to say I'm doing okay. I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm also learning how to cook because Patricia was cooking something and I jotted down the recipe. <laughs> Her camera was on what she was doing in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so she, am she, I reading? Is yeah, that? She has her ear yeah, yeah. on, so she won't be able to hear us, I think. Rhett, there, uh, were, yeah. no, uh, there were no stock cubes. There were no stock cubes. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> but but you, we we are asking you to read, Rhett. Yes. All, all right. Um, I've been thinking about my parents lately. Um, my father is late. Uh, my mom is aging. Uh, so I decided that uh, in this first round, I'm going to read three poems about my dad, and in the second round, three poems about my mom. Mm. Um, all right. After lunch on Sundays. Later in life, when my father was sick and coughing blood, we tied a hammock outside between two willows, heaved him up, and left him there like a fetus with an old transistor tuned to the BBC for a pillow and dreams of politics. Each day after lunch, we sent him to before his birth, plugged into his mother's wall, which he loved. He loved everything then. 
being young again. And our reward for placing him in that womb was the way he studied us from the window of his room when he thought we weren't looking. His eyes soft and glazed, a hand sweeping for someone's to hold under the sheet. My father was buttoned before his time from a stern, angry father we hadn't outgrown yet to this boy we shall now not forget. That was poem number one. Thank you. Uh, and just to, for a quick note on that, my father's name was Benjamin, mm -hmm. which explains the re reference to Button. Manicure of the last day. Before going back to Europe tomorrow, I must cut and trim my father's fingernails. He sits in an armchair in front of the garage and closes his eyes as each nail jumps off. My father who used to prune fruit trees, he had planted himself between the kitchen and the outhouse of our home in Guadim, the last village we lived in before we fled and learned to understand what the world was. We had gone back to Lesotho years later and visited our, our old home one morning. Those trees still bore grapefruit. After buffing his hand nails, I remove his shoes and kneel and prune the nails of his toes one by one. And now, three's a charm, Rhett. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Uh, I have read this uh, poem a number of times, um, but I would like to read it tonight because, um, because it's about him again. It's called The Vaslap of My Father. And I'd just like to explain, a vaslap is a washcloth. Uh, and when my father passed away, I... We have a custom in um, not family, but broader family, uh, whereby when a parent dies, the kids choose things that they would like from the deceased person's belongings. And one of the first things I picked was my father's vaslap, his washcloth, and I brought it to Paris with me. The vaslap of my father. In my palm sits my father's vaslap as I knew it would one day, each time I saw him scrub himself with it in the zinc tub beside our hut, darkening the water with his mood. I wash myself with that vaslab, wishing he were here to watch me, all grown up and whistling in the cold morning of winter. I gather it again and squeeze the water out of it, the same way he always did, with might, because it is that too, remembrance. Nothing but a conquest of will that has made me the keeper of my father's dreams. His pants and best cotton shirt that fit me. The hat he bought in Bluefontaine when there for work once, a belt. All fit, and I wear them to parties to impress my friends. The day my father lay here in state on his back, shocked at what the world had done, 
I wet the vaslap and dabbed his brow before scrubbing him well from sternum and chest down to the legs. My father who said he was off somewhere and we should let him. I wonder, is he watching me now as I wring this out and put it on my head to dry like a keeper, a cloth of memory? All his clothes go on me like a charm, except his shoes, which are too big for me to wear. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. You communicate, so, you communicate your feelings so well, Red. So well. Oh, thank you. Yes. Marcelo, yes. it was very good. I like the parts like a keeper with memories. It's very nice. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I love all the three poems. Very well. Very good. Brilliant. Yeah, thank the you. lovely poems about your father. Very moving. Yes. Perhaps it's thank because you. I was thinking thank of it. <laughs> thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you very much. And, and because we are speaking about parents, I'm going to take an opportunity to read one, just one, about parents. And um, it goes like this. Happy birthday, Mom. I look upon a picture of you. I keep it on my kitchen shelf. See, Mom, I like knowing you're near, no matter how far I might travel from our home, our city, your womb. You are always a flash moment, close as I would think, hey, mom would like this, and hey, mom, mom, now the distance between us is just in my imagination. Today, mom, you and I are so, so far apart, and yet you're here, you're here, here in this room in Paris, smiling fondly upon a photo. Now, now hear me call out to you, mom. You gave nine children. Abandoned you were by that boy child of a husband. You gave me the gift to play on a, on a rainy day. And you, I heard on the radio, you always played singing songs. I still sing in my head, let the little girl dance. Mom, mom, you gave me the gift of dance. You inspired me to sing into the face of darkness. You gave me the gift of laughter in the face of sorrow, humor in the face of need, the go ahead to leave your home and the big, big world. Mom, you welcomed my boyhood poems. You taught me how to lick clean my wounds and the wounds of another. You gave me eight brothers and sisters to share these gifts with to share times good and bad and good and bad. And oh, mom, my kids, my kids, your offspring carry you, carry you in themselves. Oh, oh, here I go, here I go, here I go, here I go. Quietly to cry. I hear you, mom, calling your man child. I hear you, mom, when you say, oh, honey, come here to me. Give your mother a hug. Hey, Mom, I don't mean to ham it up. I'm just saying, I love you, Mom, deeper than love can say. Wow. Beautiful, that was nice. Mom. Oh, beautiful. And at last, I found a comment, so I left a comment. <laughs> that was beautiful, very, very nice, Mom.
Well, you. You, know, you know mothers always have this thing with kids we are always the best <laughs> as compared with fathers mothers are always there for their kids the fathers mm. are always busy 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 okay. but they're changing it's a love hey hey it's one it's one in a kind go easy on the fathers here yeah my dad was so so strict is my mom who always pumps us my dad's very 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 strict it was very strict so i always owe it to mothers it depends on the the personality you are talking of but for my dad he was very strict that was how he was mm-hmm. it's a what... nice mode to have two mothers day to have a french mothers day like today mothers uh... in france i hope i wish all the mothers of all the french mothers so much they are, they so they've suffered so long here it's incredible and uh we had mother's day back in the united states a few weeks ago it's so nice to have a double dip on mother's day thank you mo yeah and and two fathers uh you know now i read a poem that doesn't say very well about my father and i've written a few other poems that don't say very well about my father because you can't say very well about my father but that don't mean i'm condemning fatherhood because i am a father and my children love me Well done. Well done, Mo. <laughs> so, okay. So, how about if we hear a song now? Mo wants to outwit my statement, but I don't mind you. <laughs> you want to outwit my statement, but I don't mind you. Anyways, okay. good that you're a proud father. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> 